0: Ido. 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 Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. En
1: Carla de Puerto Rico.
0: And on the show we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective. I'm a visual artist.
1: And I'm a singer.
0: And this is episode 40, No Mistakes.
1: As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify, and also on social media, on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: And don't forget to check out my online store, Uh There you will see original art, graffiti pins, stickers, posters for sale. Um, the original art as it sells, I will be... Uh, Recycling new, yeah, mm-hmm. restocking with new pieces. So uh, go back, keep checking it out, and um, shout out to all our friends out on Instagram, all the people supporting, everybody reposting as they receive the merchandise. Yeah, appreciate it. Shout out to Prox, Shout out to Dr. Greedy.
1: Thank you for the support, and let's get started.
0: Carla, how do you live a life with no mistakes? Tell me. Oof. <laughs> life is full of mistakes, right? Yeah,
1: that's kind of difficult. <laughs> I guess you make mistakes and then you learn not to do it again. <laughs> but even that, it's difficult.
0: It's difficult. Yeah. I would say a life with no mistakes is a life full of uh, compromises. No uh, regrets. Adjustments. No, yeah, regrets. no regrets. Yeah, no regrets. Adjustments. uh modifications
1: and keep moving keep moving forward because that's I think that's the way we overcome mistakes yeah if we don't get stuck on one mistake but we learn from it and we continue
0: so uh, this art talk I want to talk about drawing with a pen making no mistakes <laughs> doing the perfect drawing yes. no no pencils no erasers just a pen straight pen ink um, and why I think that's important so I first started this way back in the day. I would say maybe, shit, maybe like 18 years ago, 20 wow. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember a, an old uh, friend of mine, an artist friend, Hugo Bravo. Check him out, Bravo Studios.
1: Shout out to Hugo.
0: Yeah. Hugo is an, is an illustrator. I met him when I was really young. I was maybe like 19 when I first met him and he was a graduate of fit he had studied illustration he had already done four years in the marines his personality was very disciplined Mm -hmm. it was a very unusual character for me (laughs) uh being that i was just like a wild artist and he was very disciplined artist you know coming from two institutions Mm -hmm. but um we became friends, and, and later on in life, when we would share you know, drawing sessions, and we would either go to sketch sessions, or drawing sessions, figure drawing, and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, we started talking about drawing with a pen, straight up, drawing with a marker, or with a pen. And he was emphasizing to me that, I don't know where he learned it from, but that it was a, a good technique and a good practice to draw without erasing. And I was a little scared in the beginning when he said that, but... You know I'm versatile. I can I can freestyle. I can do things like that. So I I, I figured I'll listen to his advice and I would try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first couple of drawings that I did, especially figure drawing that I did with just a pen, you know, was rough. I mean, a lot of it was like really heavy. You know, you start making lines and then you don't like that line, but you can't erase, so you start going over it and over and over <laughs> and over. And, over it. and the next thing you know, it's just a lot of ink and uh-huh. it's really thick lines and it looks crazy. And he was telling me to just keep going at it that what he learned i guess through a teacher or something was was to just keep going at it that you're you would eventually begin to develop a sense of which marks matter Mm -hmm. which are the lines that matter which are the ones that don't and that you would uh start to kind of guess ahead and you would start to think ahead before you start drawing and, and it made me realize the difference between drawing with a pencil, which I was used to, with mm-hmm. an eraser, or, or even chalk with an eraser, and drawing with a pen or a marker, that I, you know, you're forcing yourself not to erase. You're forcing yourself not to make mistakes. Right. Right? But you do make mistakes. You just <laughs> learn how to move with the mistakes. You learn to adjust to the lines. And in a way, you begin to um, draw... Lines and sketch with lines that are usable, that mm. you can work with. Mm-hmm. You 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 begin to allow yourself to make these initial lines that you know you can do lightly at a certain shape that it's it's going to be disguised by the end, so you won't really see it that that much. It won't stand out. Um, for For me right now, that's one of my that's one of my go-to tools. Is I have a I have a black book and I have a pen. You know, I have a little sketchbook. And I have a pen. And I just... I prefer to draw with a pen. Yeah. Um, and I'll get into why towards the end of this. But, you know, why really a pen to me is better than a pencil. But a pencil, you know, you can blend, right? So you can you can draw sharp lines. You can erase. You can blend. You can smudge. You know, and, and that's something you can't do with a marker. You can do it with a pen. And, and I think a ballpoint pen is the closest thing to an ink pencil. Mm-hmm. Is a ballpoint pen. Because... A ballpoint pen has a lot of versatility but that smudging and those half tones that you get with a pencil is something you can't that rendering is something you can't really do that well with ink but I think that you don't really need it and that's when you have to kind of just let that go I think I remember a teacher telling me one time that rendering, when you're sketching, you have to be careful not to over-render because sometimes sketches don't have to be complete perfect. drawings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just sketches getting your idea down. And that rendering can block you from letting your idea flow. Mm-hmm. Um, a pen can allow you, your idea just to flow. Once you, once you accept that you're going to make some mistakes, it's, gonna, it's not going to be perfect. Once you accept the direct lines that you put down then, then you kind of accept the ideas and it's more just about the idea and you accept it's an, an ink drawing a pen drawing um the, the thing that i like about a pen is that it doesn't it doesn't slow me down a pen a good pen if you get a brand new pen you know it's going to flow the ink is going to flow so you can just keep drawing as fast as you want mm-hmm. a pencil you know the, the tip will start to wear down you need to sharpen it you need to go back if you need if you start getting to erasing then you're going to erase some lines sometimes you might erase the lines you wanted yeah you know by mistake or whatever you your your hand starts to smudge it i have a heavy hand and i tend to smudge my drawings if i draw too quickly pen allowed me not to worry about these things um i think a ballpoint pen allows you to do these halftones so if you do want to render a little bit at the end of your drawing a ballpoint pen is definitely a good way to go Um, because it'll it'll let you if you just kind of graze the paper lightly. It'll let you do those halftones, that that, that light tonality. Um, And you can lay down heavy, 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 you know, strokes on top of each other to get a solid coat of ink. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the key thing is that it it allows you to see your idea and your lines automatically. It allows you to put ideas together automatically. Sometimes you begin to create a sort of hieroglyphic style where, where you... You imagine something, you put down some lines with the marker, you make some circles and shapes and whatever, and, and you become a little more abstract in your sketching if you allow yourself to go that route just to get your ideas down, and it speeds your idea process um, a, a lot more. So if I'm let's say if I'm, a, if I'm at, at a job and mm-hmm. somebody asks me to, to come up with an idea or, or they're brainstorming an idea, and I, I quickly go for a pen and paper, and I just start going at it and I just, it usually looks like shit, it's just like some mm-hmm. funny little squiggles, mm-hmm. but I can tell exactly what it is and it clears my thought. right? And it gets my point across. And that's what a pen can do for you that a pencil can't. If I were to go for a pencil, suddenly I would start sketching and drawing and you know making right, it look right, a certain right. way. Um, with a pen you can, the thickness of the lines makes a big difference and you emphasize more uh, the composition with the line weights. And, and you don't worry about like if you're going to draw if you're going to sketch an idea let's say if you're going to do some lettering and it's an, an, a layout for something I mean we've done it here when yeah. we talk about laying out a flyer yeah, yeah. or an ad
1: mm-hmm.
0: you grab a pen you start doing it that sketch process is so much easier with a pen if we did it with a pencil you probably would stop and be like I, I don't want to do this because you yeah. would feel like I'm supposed to be some sort of artist right right but with a pen you can automatically just start laying out boxes of shapes it's okay this is where the logo goes this is where the text goes Mm -hmm. a pen frees you up that way to kind of you're kind of like laying down a skeleton of a sketch Mm -hmm. or an idea and and i think that's that's much more um useful right you know uh as an artist i think in my opinion Mm
1: -hmm.
0: now going back to the topic of living with life with no mistakes (laughs) Um, if you do get really good at sketching with a pen and you get, start to get really comfortable, and let's say you take it to the point where you actually go to a life, a figure drawing, a life class, you know, figure drawing class where you're gonna draw, let's say, a nude model, and you start to do it with a pen, you're gonna suddenly realize it is a challenge, but if you get really good at it, you're gonna realize how much faster you can draw with a pen. Mm. You, there's no need to sharpen, there's no need to erase. Right. You know, you, you're just drawing exactly what you see as long as you tackle it lightly and your your eye begins to measure more because you're more nervous about you know laying down lines too heavy where they shouldn't be you really start to look at the entire page and you start to map and graph the whole page out with your pen lightly Just even if you just make little dots and go okay dot 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 that's an area right there dot 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 that's an area right there you know thin lines you do your thin lines first you'll end up covering them later with thicker lines but figure drawing with a pen is so much funner for me i have so much uh, i have much better experience figure drawing with a pen now than then uh than with charcoal with charcoal i feel like i make a mess i feel like i can get a, bu- a beautiful rendering but really at a figure drawing session i'm not going to do a final painting i'm right, just going to but... sketch something so it doesn't matter if it's in beautifully rendered or not mm-hmm. as long as i get capture the figure the pen because it's a pen and because or it's a marker because it's permanent I don't have to worry about the pencil erasing later or it's smudging happened. later. It's a permanent sketch. It captures my gestures mm-hmm. as I'm doing them and it's preserved forever pretty much until mm-hmm. you you know unless somebody actually destroys it on purpose, <laughs> but but um it capturing those squiggle lines that normally you would probably erase mm-hmm. with a pencil. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the sketch on a molecular level, on, a, on, a, on an atomic level. On yeah. a, you know, if you really look at the DNA of those sketches, by drawing with a pen, you allow those original little squiggles that you normally would erase with a pencil, you allow those squiggles to live. You give them a purpose.
1: Yeah, and makes the sketch more real, I feel, like brings, more alive.
0: It brings it, to, it animates Has it. Has movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It animates it. And usually in, in pencil drawing people tend to erase those uh-huh. and and the drawings begin to stiffen up a little mm-hmm, bit they mm-hmm. begin to get a little stale mm-hmm. um, too perfect you mm-hmm. know I mean it's it's beautiful you know again if you're trying to do a beautiful illustration a, a beautiful rendering of course graphite pencil chalk charcoal that you're gonna get a beautiful rendering but if it's a quick sketch or if it's a, a sketch of an idea those there's a lot of marks that your hand does in the, in the thinking process. That if you allow them to live within a pen drawing, they make they add to the they add to the story. Yeah, yeah. To the memory, mm-hmm. you know, of what the thought process was that you went going through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen sometimes, like I'll give a good example is I've seen um, like comic book artists or storyboard artists mm-hmm. do storyboards or sketches for comic books or storyboards in pen, you know, and you see their idea as it forms you see yeah. that the arrows that they said no no forget about that extus and point, point an arrow in that direction and mm-hmm. you see like where they might have started to draw something but then they decided to change their mind and they started drawing it on a different location but that process there is a thought process there mm-hmm. and it kind of informs you a little more mm-hmm. i think that's that's where it's beneficial
1: i mean yeah because the whole story is laid out in the paper without any um nobody erased it nobody edited or edited no editing exactly no editing yeah
0: you you would yeah i got it no editing
1: yeah so because the whole process is there so you can actually feel like you are in his mind yeah in the person's mind trying to figure out how to come with the final idea the final product right
0: yep um i mean how would you feel if you had to draw straight with a pen no, racist. no.
1: <laughs> I mean, I actually, um, when I started to go to college, when I started college, I started to write more with a pen. Okay. And I feel like that can be a little bit relatable to what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because makes, yeah. Yeah. Because once you start writing with a pen, I feel like it's whatever you're retaining, and same, you're trying to adjust your ideas into the paper, and it makes it. I don't know, more, more real to the whole process yep. of understanding an idea than writing it down with a pen and not with a pencil that you can erase and all that. Um, it makes it like that you can really, that you really have to listen and write down your ideas and make sure that you understood before you, before, before you write it, it down. You yep. write it down. Yep. Yep. Um, drawing with a pen I don't know. The only things I draw is a house and a flowers. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, well, I mean, I think you made a good point right there. Understand the idea before you write it down, right? Mm-hmm. Well, same thing in drawing with a pen, drawing with marker. Understand what you're drawing before you start to just make lines on a paper hoping to find something. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of you sometimes with a pencil or with if you know you have an eraser, you you know, you're going to you're going to start to sketch and just look for the idea, hoping that something's going to come to life. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're, you're oh, I'm going to just start to sketch. I'm not sure what I'm doing. And hopefully this will come to life. Mm-hmm. Um, when you draw with a pen, you can do that if you're really good at it. But for the for the most part, drawing with a pen, you're going to think ahead and say, do I really know what I want to draw first? You might even think it to yourself a lot more. You might even write down more. Like sometimes I'll write ideas in a sentence before I even sketch it, mm. just to like be clear on what am I drawing, you know. You take notes a little more, to, yeah. so that the idea lives in your head before you even put ink to paper. Um, I think uh, the ink. The other thing about ink drawings, you know, the permanence, like we said, the longevity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the longevity of, it, of a ink of a sketchbook completely done with it with a pen. Is, is a it a, should be a, re, a reassuring idea to the artist it should make you feel like all my ideas are preserved mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm not wasting my time doing all these little sketches they're gonna be in this book permanently for the rest of my life I can see them when I'm 90 right. and look back at this sketchbook and, right. and they're gonna look just like they do you know the first day I sketched them because they were done in ink um, I think that should be reassuring mm-hmm. um, that your ideas are not gonna just fade away or dust off Um You know, I mean, you could always spray fixative on pencils and all that. But, I mean, it's so much more steps to go through. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, going back to the idea of, and I I think this is the last of it, but the idea of drawing without making mistakes, the idea of what are mistakes, it's a freeing sensation that you feel free when you can draw with a pen because you let go of this whole thing about making mistakes and you realize there are no mistakes and you accept that whatever mistakes are in there you have to kind of in your drawing you're gonna have to kind of work it Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to make them mean something in the sketch Mm -hmm. um i don't know i feel like when i go to draw i don't have i don't have that tension of like oh my god i better draw the right thing or whatever because when i'm drawing with a pen i know i know that there's going to be mistakes Exactly. and I, then I, I don't see them as mistakes. I don't even use the word mistake. I'm just, I'm like, you know, I just look at a drawing and I say, if I, if there were mistakes, I'll say, well, that was my first drawing uh-huh. of that idea. And I'll just right next to it. I'll do another drawing uh-huh, uh-huh. just as fast yeah, with the pen. If there are still mistakes in that drawing, I'll look at them, not as mistakes, but I'll look at them as other ideas to explore. Mm or maybe parts that I have to practice more, Mm -hmm. render. So let's say if I'm drawing a figure and I kind of messed up on the hand a little bit, Mm -hmm. I'll do a sketch of a hand separately Mm -hmm. because that let me know that was my sign that I'm not, I I don't know the information that I needed to put down.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I'll I'll study a hand separately on a new drawing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's another thing that it allows you to do. It 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 really points out to you what are the parts that you don't know. Yeah. You know, it's so like it, the
1: first real step towards uh, towards the competition of a good drawing at the end, right? Right. Like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it it's do or die. It really forces you to see what part of the idea you're not familiar with, mm-hmm. so that you'll if you're smart enough, you'll look at your drawing and analyze it and say, okay, where did I kind of like mess up okay Mm -hmm. right there all right and no erase you know you can't erase it so you really have to look at it
1: yeah
0: i need to work on that tree okay so let's sketch some trees now you know what i mean and that way you continue your sketchbook the pages in your sketchbook will continue um exploring the same concept but little parts of it in a more analytical focused way um instead of covering it up by just erasing and you know and all those things um all right but and then i mean the last thing i would say is markers I love the, the black ink quality that high contrast of it I think that that's another thing that pencils don't give you yeah. pencils always look gray yeah. they always look light you know but that heavy ink aspect of it can open you up to a little more of a graphic look mm-hmm. which helps you in design mm-hmm. so I think it's another, another tool that can also help you to think more in graphic shapes and when you go to paint something or you go to design something you, you start to think more in shapes because that's how you're drawing with a pen Um, and markers Um, but uh, I think that's it I mean you guys out there try to uh, if you don't do it yet (laughs) try it I really recommend it I know some of you guys out there are like no way I'm gonna (laughs) stick to my pencils I'm gonna stick to my uh, color pencils or you know but I I think you guys challenge yourselves try to draw with a pen Um, don't worry about the mistakes just try to learn your lines and see what is it about the lines that your hand makes that that you can actually learn to appreciate the same way that you appreciate your signature we, talk, we talked about a signature right. previously right mm-hmm. well when you draw and you allow your lines to live those are your signature lines and you begin to uh, appreciate them a little more with drawing. all right guys <laughs> Culture talk.
1: Yes, culture talk.
0: What? (laughs) So excited. Carla, what are we talking about this time?
1: Well, this time we're going to be talking about Chef Jose Andres.
0: Who the hell is that?
1: Who's Chef Jose Andres? Well, um, I wanted to talk about Chef Jose Andres because even though he's not Latino, he's still part of. Us Because he's Spanish So that makes him Hispanic Okay Um, And he has been working uh, with Latino communities In Caribbean countries like Haiti and Puerto Rico But we're going to go more into it um, when I'm talking about him And to start, to talk about Chef Jose Andres He was born in Mieres, Mieres Principality of Asturias, Spain. Okay. Uh, so, he's Spanish. He started his career in Spain uh, as a chef. He studied um, culinary... Um, arts. Arts, yeah, exactly. <laughs> culinary arts. Um, and he started in uh, being a chef in TV in Spanish. So, in, in Spain, sorry. So in Spain Spain television, he had a TV show, and then he moved to the United States. Uh, Once he moved to the United States, he taught culinary physics um, at Harvard University. Wow. In 2012, he was named Dean of Spanish Studies at the International Culinary Center, where he and Coleman Andrews, Develop a curriculum in traditional and modern Spanish cuisine, cuisine, which debuted in February two thousand thirteen. Okay. So that's pretty cool. He brought his knowledge from his culture, his country, to the United States, and created a, a curriculum that that's basically something that anybody that is interested in can study. All right. So. Yeah.
0: What is the what? It's his claim to fame why are we why is he on the podcast?
1: Yeah well <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go into it a little bit later but um, he created an organization that helped during natural disasters in okay. Haiti in California and also in Puerto Rico now I get it um, okay. He also had a controversy with Trump but we're also gonna go into it okay. a little bit later. Um, so that's why, yeah, that's why we want to talk about him because I feel like he helped a lot um, the Caribbean islands um, because it wasn't only Puerto Rico. I didn't know that he helped also Haiti during um, the earthquake, after okay. the earthquake. Um, so I feel like he's really committed not only with the culture of, with the Latino culture, but also with its people yeah. to help and to try to, um, he's also, he's like solving problems even if he doesn't have to really solve the problems right if, if
0: yeah. no 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 i think i understand what you're saying and mm-hmm. and he's going beyond a, a, sh- a typical chef's role
1: exactly right because, because usually
0: chefs don't they don't get into all that no
1: they can have tv shows they have their restaurants and they don't really get into helping the community like that right but he's doing something meaningful with his career
0: i remember now now that you're saying that he he, so he's the guy that had the problem with trump i Mm -hmm. I believe it was when trump and i'm not sure about the details but i think it was when trump was talking about the mexicans getting rid of the mexicans and i think he took a the the chef took offense to it because he probably worked with a lot of mexicans and was like you're you know this is the business like i mean these are the people that are working hard in these kitchens with me and you're you're talking about them as if they are supposed to be you know like they're illegals and they're all criminals
1: yeah i'll tell you in a minute okay
0: okay Uh, i'll be patient let me sit back i'm sorry
1: (laughs) okay so then going into his um, humanitarian work in response of 2010 haiti earthquake he formed the world central kitchen which provides healthy food to families and individuals touched by the disaster. Um, The organization operated in Southern California during December 2017 wildfires to assist firefighters and first responders. And also, um, Chef Jose Andres emerged as a leader of the disaster relief efforts in Puerto Rico in the wake of the Hurricane Maria in 2017. Um, He organized a grad school a grassroots movement of chefs and volunteers to establish communications, food supplies, and other resources, and started serving meals. Andres and his organization served more than 2 million meals Damn. in the first month after the hurricane.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's just, um, it's incredible that so many people that are not from Puerto Rico, um, after the hurricane became part of the relief efforts. Yeah. Which that, that says a lot about them. Like they they care about, they, they wanted to make a difference and they wanted yeah. to help. Um, and then I have a little bit of more information about what we were talking before with the Trump situation. Oh, okay,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, so he planned to, uh, Chef José Andrés, planned to open a restaurant in the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. in 2016. Um, However, after Donald Trump uh, made despairing comments about Mexicans in June 2015, Mm. Andrés withdrew from the contract with the Trump Organization, which then sued him. So, after he withdrew from the contract, Trump Organization sued him, And then Chef Jose Andres countersued um, Trump. (laughs) And they finally reached a settlement in April
0: 2017.
1: Wow. And uh, Chef Jose Andres continued to be outspoken um, and criticizing Trump because of his policies, the way he communicates, and the way he talks about Latinos, and more about... Um, his response for um to Puerto Rico after the hurricane yeah. because he was so involved in the relief efforts that i i imagine that he couldn't believe that this was a president yeah um the way he responded to the disaster was horrible
0: that's crazy i remember when when that came out in the news th- that this I, I just heard it from a distance this yeah. whole thing about a chef and and there being some sort of backlash and and I, I just remember thinking like why is Trump fighting with this chef and mm-hmm. like well, I didn't I didn't understand it but I did remember at a certain point realizing like oh it's probably because he's working you know he's got a lot of Mexicans working with him and or he other Mexican culture in general yeah you know he's tied to from maybe years of experience and even personally um, you know it's so. I, you know, I I was like, wow, I, I can't believe like it would it, it would even affect an individual like a chef opening a restaurant and all that to the point of lawsuits and all that versus Trump, mm-hmm. somebody who's going to be the president. It just seems so weird. It seems so like 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 a cartoon of like yeah, a big I mean, bad guy and then the small exactly. guy trying to fight the system and trying to you know
1: exactly yeah but
0: but it makes sense now that you're telling me a little more of his history the fact that he helped with haiti and all that like that makes sense exactly
1: um that's why i was saying that he is committed not only to the caribbean but the latino community in general because the way he responded if he wouldn't have been any other chef he would be like oh i don't care whatever that's not my problem but i feel because of the connection he has with the community
0: He probably felt Um. the pressure yeah he was like if i don't say something yeah to say something or do something yeah no yeah no i I could see any other shit that's why i I was thinking like any other chef would probably just fold and go along with it and say Mm -hmm. all right you know whatever you want you know blah blah blah. um so kudos to him i mean
1: yeah yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and then just uh another fact about chef jose andres is that he owns restaurants in washington dc philadelphia los angeles Las Vegas, South Beach, Florida, and Dorado, Puerto Rico. So he has a restaurant in Puerto Rico. Now we have
0: somewhere to go. We got to go check it out. Exactly. (laughs) Do you know the name of his his restaurants?
1: No, but I'm going to look it up and I'm going to research it and we're going to go check it out. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I feel that it's um, important that we get to know a little bit about the people that are helping our communities, that are representing us, even though they're not even Latinos, or... Um, he is like... Because I feel like... Because he's from Spain, he's European, but he's not really Latino.
0: Right. But
1: um, once... I guess that once he came to the United States, the first people he connected with was, was the Latino right. um, community. So I feel like it's important to know about people like him that wants to make a difference and they use his voice, um, his resources... And his um, talent to help.
0: Did didn't he? Wasn't there news coverage? I'm not sure if it's the same person, but he was in Puerto Rico handing out, literally handing out meals, right? Yeah,
1: this is this is that the was chef. him. Yeah,
0: I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember the news footage, and it, I didn't know who it was.
1: Yeah, he um, also on on his um, on the internet. It says that he had some contracts with FEMA. But then I don't know what happened that those contracts um, stopped, and I think that he continued to uh, give out meals even after the contracts mm. were denied or stopped or whatever happened. Um, but yeah, he was the one that was going from town to town, uh, giving people meals and food because after the hurricane it was difficult to find even uh, a kind of beans. Yeah. So that's that's. Real commitment. Yeah. Right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many chefs
1: would do that, really. No, no. <laughs> Not really. Right? And and he was praised by many other chefs and more when he was under-attacked by Trump. Like Anthony Bourdain, I saw on Twitter. Um, I saw that on Twitter, Chef Jose Andres posted something. And then Anthony Bourdain retweeted saying that Chef Jose Andres was a hero and why Trump is you know messing with him when he has nothing to do with it yeah uh but yeah that's that's when you when he gets that recognition also from his peers and peers that are well known in the industry you know that he's doing something good that that is something different
0: yeah i mean and and now uh, after so much time has passed and and we've seen trump's presidency and we've seen his reaction to crisis and and helping people or not helping people or the mm-hmm. the lack of reaction yeah um i think it's more of a more now more than ever we should be appreciating the people who are standing up to him
1: yeah
0: or the people who have and we haven't really we haven't i guess we haven't noticed exactly because you know so much news has happened in such a short period of time so many events hmm That it becomes a blur and it's hard to keep track of who are the heroes in these moments. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember like, I mean, changing the topic a little bit, but I remember the... Who was it? The mayor? Not the mayor. It was the mayor. The mayor mayor in Puerto Rico. Of San 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 Juan. Juan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was her name?
1: Carmen Yulin. Carmen Yulin.
0: Yulin? Carmen Yulin. Yeah, I remember when she was all over the news. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was all about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they almost kind of like shoved her into the spotlight
1: Mm -hmm.
0: as as an opponent to trump Mm -hmm. and i remember how she handled things and nobody's perfect yeah you know i know that she has her own politics that not everybody agrees with yeah but at that moment it was her time to shine and to say something and to speak out
1: yeah she basically became the voice for the puerto ricans that didn't thought the same as the governor because the governor was right. on another page right so she was the one saying the other aspect of the coin showing the, the other face of the coin
0: right right and and she was she was going toe-to-toe with trump yeah at least on twitter and whatever yeah, on social media yeah. mm-hmm. and through the, through the media outlets just to like you know oppose and and bring light to the yeah. fact that he wasn't doing anything exactly um, but like those people Like where is she now? Like so much time has passed And we mm-hmm. don't really hear About those people anymore mm-hmm. And those people Are standout people, right? They're people that act When 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 there's a crisis They're the ones that actually react
1: Yeah, you exactly know, And
0: actually do things And this chef also I mean You know, who knows What he's doing now We should actually look Into what he's doing <laughs> now Actually Yeah But um, But alright So we're gonna check out His restaurants
1: Yeah and
0: Shout out to Oscar.
1: Chef Jose Andres <laughs>
0: José Andrés All right You wanted me to teach you, right? Just sweep Hablando Español, Carla What do you got?
1: Hablando, hablando, hablando Español Yes, so let's start with Mistakes How do you say mistakes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no mistakes um, well, All right There's, I guess, a few words So, mistakes can be errors Mm -hmm. Errores Yeah Mistakes, errores That's errors Yeah But there's no actual mistake in Spanish, right? The word mistake
1: Errores Errores Yeah Alright Okay Uh, Next one I was going to say pen But we have discussed pen a lot Oh, no, no,
0: no Let's discuss it again This is controversial
1: Okay Pen How do you say pen? Pen
0: esfero Until I die, it will be esfero.
1: (laughs) You don't say esfero.
0: So what are the words? We went over this already and Uh, we even had people out there. Exactly. Okay, you say esfero. I say esfero. What do you guys say? I say say
1: boligrafo. But then I have something interesting. Okay. I looked up how do you say ballpoint pen in Spanish. And the Google says that is boligrafo.
0: Yeah, because that's a boligrafo. Boligrafo ball
1: well there you have it <laughs> <laughs> all right es, es, es bolígrafo pero ok all right next one oh, important, so important. <laughs> what important
0: Im-
1: important
0: oh important um, important is importante
1: yes next one discipline
0: discipline in spanish is disciplina
1: yeah and then if it's disciplined like you are disciplined disciplinado no yes yeah yeah
0: disciplinado
1: yes uh next one session how do you say session
0: session (laughs) session yes really
1: yes
0: (laughs) that's the one i I had doubts i was like can't be that literal okay (laughs) session is session
1: yes um how do you say the phrase work with?
0: Work with. Hey, give me the sentence.
1: Well you were saying on a sentence, but um uh I work with pen. Uh, with a pen.
0: Trabajo con?
1: Yeah, basically.
0: Okay. <laughs> Trabajo con, yo trabajo, trabajo con, con un bolígrafo
1: o con un esfero. Trabajo, right. <laughs> <laughs> utiliza tam- un bolígrafo.
0: Utilizo, utilize, utilizo. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay, so next one, uh, managing. How do you say managing?
0: Managing, uh, managing would be manejar. No.
1: Yes, I mean. Manejar
0: Is to drive
1: Can be two things
0: So manejar can be to drive
1: Can be to drive But it can also It's more
0: commonly used Manejar is is to drive Managing What's another one Manejar
1: también Manejar Como manejando manejando... el, El esfero Yeah, exactly
0: Manejando el lápiz.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's almost the same as driving.
0: Managing the Because you have
1: to manage the the, the right. thing that you're moving. Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: Or the thing that you're utilizing.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. So you have to manage it. Alright,
0: alright. So managing is manejar.
1: Yes. How do you say hieroglyphics? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've said this one <laughs> No, we haven't.
0: Hieroglyphics?
1: Or we did. I don't remember. E-
0: i don't know man i'm trying to pronounce it in spanish it's not working how do you say
1: hieroglyphics
0: but you do pronounce it i thought the h goes silent
1: no because it's written j
0: oh in spanish it's written with a j
1: it's written j e r o Ah, that's Jeez. news to me I imagine mm-hmm. that's,
0: that it stays with an H And you and you no. go silent on no, the H no. No. So hieroglyphics in Spanish Is
1: Jeroglíficos
0: Jeroglíficos is probably It's probably uh, not an English word Most likely because, because then if in Spanish They are rewriting it So that it still sounds the same It's mm-hmm. because it's a foreign word to both languages Maybe So hieroglyphics
1: Hieroglyphicos. Herog- Hieroglyphicos.
0: Herog- yes. Hieroglyphicos is hieroglyphics Alright, wow
1: Next one, thin How do you say thin?
0: Thin, delgado
1: Oh, yes That's easy,
0: come on, man, come, on. come
1: uh, on Next one, how do you say thick? Grueso Oh Come on, man Okay, next one, how do you say permanently?
0: Permanently Permanentemente. Yes. Got it. Permanentemente. Permanently.
1: And last one, how do you say free?
0: Free? Libre. Yes. Alright, I got I got a couple for you before oh, we call this okay. quits. Dale. Pencil. Lapis. I think a lot of people out there would know that. That's Spanish 101. Mm-hmm. Pencil is lapis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What about eraser?
1: My um, eraser is borrador
0: Is there another one or is that is that it?
1: En Puerto Rico le llamamos goma Goma Le llamamos
0: Gum. goma Gum for the eraser, goma sí.
1: Alright,
0: yeah, now we say borrador mm-hmm. um, And I, I think that's it And, and marker uh,
1: Marker, marcador
0: Marcador, yeah, there's no mm-hmm. other one Alright guys, that's your Spanish lesson Speak your Spanish
1: speak Spanish Habla tu Español Okay Next episode Alright,
0: another episode is wrapped up (laughs) Uh, Next episode we are going to do a movie review
1: Oh, yeah. We're going
0: back to movie reviews We're going to review a good one uh, Motorcycle Diaries It is the story It's based on a book about uh, a road trip between Che Guevara and an old friend of his. It's based on a book, the diaries of them taking this road trip through Latin America. Um, actually, it's good timing for that. I'm in the mood to watch it, so I think that's good. That's going to be a good one.
1: Yeah. All right. And we're going to be hablando español. Uh, yep. What are you going to talk about in our stuff, In our